right. Good morning, church. Everybody good? Woo! Good day to be in the house of the Lord, ain't it? Well, man, we're about to wrap up our, uh, our series upgrade. And uh, today will be the last day of that. Next week we kick, kick off a new series on relationships. We all need work on relationships, don't we? And so if you're joining us online, we're so glad you're here today and joining us there. And, and uh, just we want you to connect, you know, so dial in the best you can and, uh, you know, listen, write down things if you want to. But today we're wrapping up Upgrade. And Upgrade is one of those things that we all like, right? We like an Upgrade, especially for something free in it for us. We kind of get excited about that. Uh, and that's, that tends to be our tendency if... There's something in it for me, right? And now, it, last week we talked about our obedience and our obedience maybe needing an upgrade. That's what we bring to the table. But there are times that what we need to do is we need to change what we do. And by us changing what we do, it is an upgrade for the people around us and maybe even for the influence we have. But oftentimes we always make it about, hey, if the, uh, you know, the waiter or the waitress does a good job for me, or if I get a bonus deal, you know, I was even talking to somebody this morning. They said their kids are away and they got an upgrade on their room. So they were pretty excited about that, right? So it's always about, hey, what I want. But there's times that God wants us to change some things that we bring to the table as well. And so today we're going to talk about something that I think that affects every one of us. I know it does. And it's something that we all need to win in this area. And so this is an upgrade in our thinking. So let's take a look at an upgrade my thinking. We've got to upgrade how we think. You know, we live in a world that has a lot of negative uh, stuff out there, a lot of negative influences. And maybe you're one of those people that uh, you hang around people that are bottom dwellers, naysayers, negative Nancys, whatever. Or maybe you are one. And so the thing is, is God has to change the way we think. You know, we often think a certain way. and We go, well, this is the way I was raised. Well, there's th- some of us in this room that were raised the wrong way. You may, I may, you may love your mom and dad. I love my mom and dad. But there's some things that I learned that were wrong, you know, and it does not line up with Scripture. And so there are things that we learn in our cultures that are wrong. And we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to change my thinking. Help me to think the way that you desire me to think. And, and so what we're going to look at today is how do I upgrade my thinking? How do I think differently? Uh, and a lot of us in this room probably would like to think differently. Many of you wake up, you know, maybe you wake up anxious. Maybe you wake up concerned or worried or fretting over the day. And you tend to dwell on things and you worry. Anybody here know how to worry? Anybody good at worrying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys are worry warts, you know, and, uh, and so the thing is, is we worry about things and worrying is meditation. I don't know if you realize that. You're meditating on the negative things, on the bad things. You're, you're focused on the wrong things. And so what we do is we tend to meditate or focus on these things over and over and over and they, they cause worry. And then we kind of get anxious and then we kind of fret and, you know, then before you know it, man, we're, we're, we're going ballistic, right? And so what we've got to do is we've got to change the way we think and even what we think on and begin to, because like meditation and meditation is thinking on the positive things. And I'm not talking about like new age junk. I'm talking about just focusing, meditating on the word of God, the things of God, the kingdom of God. And so when we begin to meditate, meditate, what we're doing is we're thinking over and over and over on those things that are good, that are praiseworthy, that are good. And so how do we do that? Here's a great passage in Romans. That tells us, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice to kind he will find acceptable. So, so this is Paul writing to the church at Rome and he said, hey, listen, give your bodies to God. Give everything you've got to God. You know, Jesus talked about love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? So with, with everything that you've got, everything that's in you, you're to love God. Love God with every ounce of your fiber. And so Paul is saying, hey, listen, God loves this when we give him everything. You know, not just a few hours on Sunday morning, 
you know, not just a few minutes to start our day, but when we give him our entire life and we say, Lord, here I am, use me. God, I want to be your vessel. I want to be, I want to be used by you. I want to be a light in this world for you. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. I want to make a difference in the lives of people. And so when we do that, we, we, we please God. So look at it again. It says your body's to God because of all he has done for you. He's, he's blessed us in so many ways. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Holy means to be set apart. You know, a, a holy, set, set apart example there. It says this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So in other words, this is really how we worship God. Oftentimes we think worship is just, hey, you know, just when I sing songs and it's way more than that's how we live. We often kind of, we try to, you know, squeeze worship down to, hey, it's the, the first three songs in a service or it's this song or when I'm driving down the road and listening to this music. And, and that's not what worship is. Worship is, is our, our mentality, our attitude. It's how we approach God. You know, there's somebody that can worship and they can sit there and be as quiet as a mouse. And there's somebody that can worship and they can stand there with hands raised and they can do whatever. But the thing is, it's about the heart, the mindset, and the attitude. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I want you to change my heart so that my mind, so that, God, I'm focused on the right things and that I worship you the right way. And we can even become worship junkies where we focus and we really worship worship more than we worship the God that it's about. We become worship junkies that where it's all about the music and, you know, and the, the experience than it is about the God that we're worshiping. So we have to be careful. God, help me to keep my mind focused on you. And so look at, look at what it says. So it said, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, if we change the way we think, and that's what Jesus often said to the people. You know, there were a lot of religious people in the day. They were the ones that actually, you know, nailed him to the cross. And so Jesus would often say, you've got to change the way you're thinking. You know, you have become confused. You have lost sight of what God's plan was. You have missed his plan and his purpose. And so too often, Jesus is having to say, change the way you think. And I think he's telling some of us, of, of us that today. We've got to change the way we think. And so he changes the way we think. Look at this last part of the verse here. It says, then, when you, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We, don't want, we want to know God's will. When he changes our mind and he changes that, we're going to talk about how he changes that. But the thing is, is we begin to understand God's plan, God's purpose, and his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so let's look at this. It says, changing the way you think will change the way you act. Changing the way you think will change the way you act. So many of us, and I talked about this a little bit a few minutes ago, is we were raised a certain way. Our parents did something and we kind of did that. You know, there's some funny, you know, illustrations of that. One is a, a young lady, you know, was... Uh, you know what she was cooking and she would always cut the end off of a roast and put it in a pan. And her husband asked her, why don't you cut the end off the roast like that? And she goes, well, my mom did. She goes, why don't she cut it off? She goes, well, I don't know. Let me call her. So she called her mom. She goes, mom, why don't you do this? She goes, well, my mom did. She goes, well, why did, why did granny do that? And she said, I don't know. Let me call her. So she called her. She said, why did you always cut the end off the roast? She goes, because I didn't have a pan big enough, you know. And yeah, so, uh, so they kept doing something that was really not a great thing, but they, they did it anyway. And, uh, and so we learned things that are the wrong thing. Um, I had a meeting this, uh, this past couple of weeks with some of the, a couple of the mayors in our area about something that we're wanting to do is try to get, maybe get people involved. And I want you guys involved and you guys online involved in this. And, and anyway, on March the 6th, you can put that on your calendar, March the 6th, we're wanting to do uh, something called Love Where You Live. And what it is, it's a way for us to, to go out and make a difference in our community by picking up trash. Now, some of you guys are like, well, I don't want to go pick up trash, you know, the, but I'm just telling you, it's a way for us to 
to give back to our community. It's a way for us to serve our community. You know, and, and if you drive around right, right now, there's a lot of trash everywhere. And, and I talked to some of our, uh, our county rep, city representatives and stuff, and they said, well, you know, we're just limited on resources, whatever. I said, well, you know what? What if the people, you know, we can motivate people in the community to go do something? And, uh, and so one of the mayors said, he goes, well, I think, the, I think some of the people just don't know any better. And I was like, well, here's the thing. They were raised that way. And I told him the story, like I've told many of you, where, you know, growing up, my mom and dad would say, hey, listen, anything behind us? Whoosh, and they'd throw out trash. So I was raised in that until one day I had this moment where, where I was at, actually out on a date with a girl. And I threw some trash out the window. And she was like, hey, did you throw that out the window? I was like, yeah. And, man, she had to come apart, you know. And so we had to talk through that. I went back and picked the trash up, and it changed my perspective. So it changed the way that I thought. I'd been raised to do things the wrong way. And now, and my boys will tell you, man, I, I am, I get furious when I see people throw out trash. And I'm like, man, you know, it's just so disrespectful. And, and then I have to go, you know what? Maybe they don't know any better. So by, by doing this on March 6th, we're hopefully going to get teams together all over the communities and we're going to pick up trash and hopefully somebody will learn, you know, to, hey, you know what? Maybe change the way they think about trash and they'll put it in a trash can or they'll take some pride in where they live. And, uh, you know, maybe it's in a good way. So it's, it's something you can be a part of. So changing the way you think will change the way you act. It'll change the whole way you act. Here's another one. Change the way you think will change the way you talk. So changing the way you think will change the way you talk. I've, you know, I was talking to a guy this past week, and he was telling me about a guy that came into his store, and he was using horrible language. And he said, hey, hey, man. He goes, you know, we, we don't really need you talking like that. He goes, what are you talking about? He said, all the profanity. He goes, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And, you know, maybe some of you guys, you know, were, you know, we maybe grew up here in this statement, man, he cusses like a sailor. Maybe you were in the Navy and you cuss like a sailor. I don't know. But the thing is, is our language should be different if we have Christ living in us than the way the world talks. Now, I know there's a lot of military families in here and I often hear from military guys saying, hey, well, listen, it's just part of the language. You don't have to speak that language. You can be different if you allow God to change your mind. And I know that there's oftentimes they say, well, they want you to use that kind of language because it kind of draws emphasis to what you're doing. It kind of sets a tone. I was like, I think a better leader can do a better job than that. I'm just telling you, I know that may hit home with some of you guys, but I think that we can speak the truth and we can address things and we can be a better. Jesus was the best leader the world has ever known. And he didn't use profanity to get everybody's attention. He didn't need a shock factor. He had to work with the Holy Spirit working with him. Right. So we need to say, you know, God, I don't want to use bad language to get to the point across. God, I I want you to empower me with the Holy Spirit so that whenever I speak, I speak the truth. But here's the thing. I also lead and lead well. So I think that when we change the way we think, it changes the way we talk. I'm not trying to just fit in with everybody. I'm not just trying to go along with the crowd. I want to be different. I want to set a tone. And I want to be a better leader than just using language as a crutch. So here's another one. Changing the way you think will change the way you see what you see. How you see people, how you, you know, and one of the prayers that I pray all the time is God help me to see people as you see people and God help me to love people as you love people. Because oftentimes we see people and we see ignorance or we see this or that or whatever it might be and we get frustrated with them and, and we got to go, God help me to see them the way that you see them. It's kind of like back with the litter deal. You know, maybe we, you know, we see somebody throw out trash. We don't just, you know, get mad at them. We, we see them from their perspective. There are oftentimes in our life we need to ask God, God, help me to see, you know, this situation from a different framework, from a different position. Because maybe you grew up in a certain home that was, maybe it seemed like it was perfect, you know, and you're around someone who grew up in a home that was abusive and all these things, and you don't understand why they would do what they do and they tolerate the things they tolerate. 
And you go, you know, why would they do that? But here's the thing. You've got to change the way you see them. I say, God, help me to see life the way that they see it. Help me to see through their eyes. I think a good counselor does that. A good Christian counselor is going to sit down with someone and they're going to listen to them. And they're going to try to you know, say, hey, this is what's wrong with you. This is what you need to fix. They're going to go, all right, I'm seeing it the way that you see life. But let me help you to see it the way God sees life. And so I'm just telling you, we've got to allow God to change the way we think. And whenever he changes the way we think, he changes the way we see. And then here's the next one. Changing the way you think will change the way you live. You might say, well, Mike, you've already talked about actions. You already talked about, you know, the way I talk, you know, and the way I see. That's pretty much going to change everything. That's exactly right. Jesus will change the way you live. And you don't live for me. We don't live for this world. We live for God's kingdom. We live for the things that last for eternity. We live our life in such a way that we go, God, I want to reach as many as possible before you take me home. God, I, I, wanna, I want you to change the way that I think so that it changes the way that I live. And there's some of you that right now you live in anxiety. You live with fear. Now, I understand there are times that medicine can help with that. I mean, God has given us medicines, good medicines that can help us. And maybe you need some medicine. Maybe there's some chemical imbalance. You need that. That's okay. God can use whatever. God can use doctors. He can use nurses. People go in for surgery. You know, I believe that God can do all things, but he wants to heal us. But here's the thing. He wants us to have a life that is filled with peace. You know, and that we're not anxious and worried and fretting. And some of you, maybe when you look at your life, you go, that's how I live. And I don't want to live that way. But how do I live different? How do I? I think it's because you have to change the way you think. And so the question may be, you know, how do I change the way I think? Because I really want to change, Mike. I want to. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to worry. I don't want to fret. I don't want to, you know, overthink things. You know, sometimes we can get paralysis from analysis. You know, we're we keep thinking and overthinking, and we never do anything. And what you've got to do is you've got to be willing to pull the trigger on it. You've got to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the positive things. And what we do is we focus too often on, what, hey, what are the consequences, the negative things, rather than, hey, what's the gain? And we never pull the trigger. We never take the step because we're afraid of what might happen rather than going, hey, look what could happen in a good way. And so we've got to ask God, you know, God, help me to change the way that I think. Help me to change the way I respond. Help me to change the way I see things. You know, yesterday, many of you guys may know this, but Laurie, my wife, was in a really bad uh, car accident yesterday. Really scary uh, situation. And uh, I was hunting. I was with a friend. We were down in Lowndes County hunting. And, uh, and anyway, I get a phone call from my son. He goes, hey, Dad, he said, I think Mom may have been in a wreck. And I said, what do you mean you think? I said, I need to know, bud. I said, go find out. He said, well, it looked like her car. I said, well, go find out. I said, I need to know. So I start trying to call her. And it's the only place on the property just about that had decent signal, it seemed like. And so I'm calling her, can't get an answer. And my mind begins to, you know, it's going 900 miles an hour. Y'all know how that can be. Like, hey, what, you know, what, what's the situation? Is it her? You know, is she hurt? You know, is she alive? I mean, all these things are going through your mind. Like, boom, like 900 miles an hour. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to get her on the phone. She won't answer. I call him again. I said, hey, listen, I said, is it her? And he goes, I'm trying to get up there now. He said, uh, he said, I'm walking up on it now. And I know for him that was probably scary. You don't know if his mom's there hurt or whatever. And I said, dude, I need to know if she's okay. And so he's walking up the, you know, to it. And he said, it is her. No, he said, it's her car. And I said, is she in the car? Is she okay? What's the deal? He goes, nope, she's standing here talking to somebody. He goes, looks like she's okay. And I'm like, thank God. And so it's like my mind slowed down all of a sudden. Y'all know how that is? I mean, it's like from the moment. And it probably only just maybe a minute or two there. But, man, it was racing. Everything, every scenario you can think of. 
And, and of course, I'm like, hey, I'm on my way. And so I call the guy that I'm with and say, meet me at the truck. And we, you know, I, I get back here as quick as I can. And, you know, praise God, God took care of Lori. Uh, it was a bad accident. She got hit in the side. It flipped a couple of times. And, and man, she's, she's okay. She's sore. I mean, she is really, really sore and hurting. But the thing is that she's alive and she's in one piece. And it was, praise God, the boy that was uh, in the accident as well. You know, he, he went home to his family last night. So a lot of positive things happened in that out of what could have been horrible. But, you know, even like last night when we got home, we were talking about what we were thinking. And Laurie was kind of retelling the thing. And she goes, I don't want to just focus on that and think on that. I said, well, here's the thing. Let's focus on what God did. Not focus on the wreck. Let's focus on what God did. Does that make sense? So sometimes we have to change the way we think. And so how do you change the way you think? And so here's one that I think is important. Focus on God and his truth. We have to focus on God and his truth. And there's times there's going to be bad situations like a wreck. And there's going to be bad situations like I got fired. Or bad situations like the company's shutting down. There's going to be bad things that will happen. That's this world. This is a fallen world, broken world. And there's going to be bad things that will happen. But there's a great God that is at work all around us. There's a great God that is at work in the hearts of men and women. There's a great God that is still saving souls. There's a great God that can be with us in those struggles that we go through. That we can focus on Him. And I don't know if you ever do this, but maybe you think about the, just the names of God and the, the character qualities of God. And, and, but there are times whenever I'm going through a tough time, I just have to go, God, you, you are the one true God. God, you are able. God, you are faithful. God, you are forgiving. God, you are gracious. God, you are loving. And, and, and God, I want to learn from you to be that way. And so maybe for you when you're going through a tough time, rather than focusing on the negative, you focus on the God who is over everything that we deal with. That spoke us into existence, that created us, that knit us together. We go, God, you're my defender. God, you are my rock. You are my salvation. God, you are able. And we begin to just lean into that, and all of a sudden it begins to give us a confidence. And the more that we lean into who he is and we focus on who he is, we begin to not focus on the things of this world. We begin to not focus on everything that the world says is truth, but we look at his truth. And so we focus on God and his truth. We look into his word and we look into his promises and whenever we, you know, and too often what we do is we surround ourselves with all this negativity and we begin to wonder why we're anxious, why we're fretting. It's because we're saturating ourselves with this garbage and what we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to focus on your truth, your word. Look at what it says here in Colossians. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, that's for the believer, right? If I've been raised to new life with Christ, if I have been transformed by the power of God, if I have been saved and redeemed by the blood of Christ, then here's the thing. I'm a new creation, a new creature, if you will. I've been given a new heart and a new name. You know, my name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. In other words, instead of staying so focused on this stuff down here, So focused on all this garbage and chaos down here. What if we were to focus on the things of God? Really begin to think about, hey, what is heaven like? What is God's, what what, what is heaven going to be like whenever I get there? You know, what is heaven doing right now? Like, I always love this statement. You know, if one person calls on Christ to be saved, one person calls on Christ to be redeemed. One person cries out and says, Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me. Jesus, will you come into my life and will you save me? And they, by faith, they receive the gift of salvation. It says that all of heaven rejoices. That all the angels and all of heaven is just literally having a celebration up there. And, and so for me, when one person calls on Christ, it, man, it does something to me. But I think about what's happening there. And oftentimes we miss it down here. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me stay focused on the things of heaven, the things of God. 
You know, the things that matter. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's, that's a directive. Do you get that? That's say, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. It's not, it's not like a choice or an option. Hey, listen, this is what you need to do. So we've got to think about the things of heaven, the things, God's kingdom. When Jesus was praying, Father, you know, let your will be done, not mine. You know, Lord, Father, your kingdom come. Lord, it's about the kingdom of God. So Jesus modeled this for us in his prayer, the model prayer that we pray. Not the things of this earth. It says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. So here's the thing for us as believers. This scripture is for the believer. If you claim to know Christ, man, we've got to be willing to die to this world down here. Be willing to die to the, the things that are down here and say, you know what? This is not more important than he is. This is not more important than God. This is not more important than my relationship with God. And too often what we do is we get so focused on this world down here and what kind of stuff we can gain here. And, and what kind of you know chaos is going on down here that we get focused on this and we just want to sprinkle a little Jesus in. And we want to you know make sure that, hey, everybody knows, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And if I die, I'm going to heaven. But our focus is not on heaven. It's not on Christ. We're not living for him. Our focus is down here on everything down here. And what God's word is saying very clearly, it's the wrong focus. We have to realize there's a battle for the mind. You need to understand this. There's an enemy that hates you. His name is Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you want to call him. But he is the enemy of God. And he is defeated. I hope you can get your mind around that. He's defeated. But too often we give him way more credit than he deserves. But there is an enemy that he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your witness. He wants to destroy you any way possible. He wants to destroy any kind of affections towards God. He wants to get in the way. He wants to rob you of your focus. Even this morning as we came in here to worship. We know that, you know, how you know, that's what we gather in here for. We, we want to get focused on God. We want to listen to his word. But many of you, man, you were already, your thoughts were elsewhere. Your thoughts were, hey, what are we doing for lunch? Or, hey, where, you know, who's picking up the groceries? Or, hey, what are we doing this afternoon? And all this kind of stuff. Rather than focusing on the God that we say that we love and that we desire to know. So we have to realize there's a battle. Look at what it says here. This is Paul writing to the church at Rome. He says, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. What he's saying, hey, listen, you know, there's things I want to do that I know are the right thing to do. But, man, I, I tend to do the, what the flesh wants to do. I know I shouldn't gossip, but, I, you know, I still end up gossiping. I know I shouldn't lust, but I still end up lusting sometimes because I'm feeding this flesh. And too often what happens is we go through life... Focused on this world, feeding the flesh, and not living by the Spirit or even feeding the Spirit like we should. He says, I love God's uh, law with all of my heart. There's a lot of people who say, man, I love Jesus, but boy, they live like hell. Man, I love God's Word, but they don't know anything about it. I love God's Word, and I believe every word of it, but they don't, they've never read it from cover to cover. But they'll say, man, I believe in the Word of God. Do you really? Then why don't you hide it in your heart like David said? Or why don't you read it on a regular basis? Or why don't you claim it? Whenever you're going through tough times, rather than focusing on the negative, you focus on the promises of God. And so he's saying, hey, listen, man, I love it with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. It's the flesh. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. In other words, I, I, I still want to hang on to these things in this world. I still want to, you know, get all I can here while I'm here. Rather than think about the kingdom of God. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus Christ, our Lord. He gives you the answer right there. How will I win this battle? It's by, it's by literally receiving the power of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's only through Christ. 
I mean, there's no, you know, there's plenty of self-help books out there that will talk about positive thinking and, hey, man, if you'll focus on these things. And even like meditation. Meditation, I talked about earlier, can be a, a positive thing, but, you know, it also can be contaminated with negativity and, and really false teachings and false religion. But meditating is thinking on something over and over. So when we meditate on the Word of God, we're focusing on something positive. So meditation in itself is not a negative thing. It's whenever it becomes tied to something else that is not of God. But we are to focus on those things. So we, we have to understand this too. The battle with sin begins in our mind. The battle with sin begins in our mind. We often say, well, you know, I was tempted. No, no, no. Here's the thing. You thought about something first. There may be somebody that you see and they're not your wife or they're not your husband. And whenever you see them, though, you think about what it might be like to be with them. You just think about, I wonder what it would be like. And then maybe the next action is you put yourself closer to them so that maybe you can bump into them. You begin to put yourself on a, a path that leads to sin, leads to temptation, but it started with a thought. You think, I wonder what it would be like. It's like for someone, a, a, a lady walks into the room, pretty lady. You mean that's a pretty lady and you kind of look the other way, no big deal. But whenever that thought begins to go, I wonder what she looks like naked. I wonder what that guy walks in and the lady, you know, say, I wonder what he looks like naked. I wonder what like they would be like, you know, to be intimate with them. And so that thought begins to go down that line and that thought becomes sin because here's the thing, we, we entertain it. Rather than taking that thought captive and say, you know what, I'm not going to go there. There's a great book called Every Man's Battle. And it talks about bouncing our eyes. So when we see a, a lady or whatever, we, we just go, that's a pretty lady. And you just bounce your eyes. You look somewhere else. Because here's the thing. You're not thinking about that anymore. You're, you're going elsewhere. You're taking that thought captive. And so the battle with sin begins in our minds. And I hope you guys understand that. You know, the Bible says, hey, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. But it also says to, gu- says to guard your mind. You know, we talk about the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is to guard our thoughts, right? It's to guard our mind. And so we have to be careful. One of the things I tell our staff all the time, guys, let's guard our thoughts, let's guard our mind. Let's guard our marriages. Let's make sure that we're intentional about that. And so I would just tell you the same thing. If we want to change our thinking, man, we've got to understand there's a battle and we have got to guard our thoughts. We've got to guard our mind. So we've got to be careful there. Our thinking is often saturated with negative thinking and opinions that we invite into our lives. It's important that you understand we invite it in there. And those could be friends. Maybe you've got friends that you hang around you know, uh, maybe you're married and you got a friend that you like to hang out with, but she's single and you know what? She loves to flirt and it often puts you in a precarious situation. You don't need to be hanging out with her. Maybe you're a guy, you're hanging out with a single buddy, you know, what? and he wants to do single things and he wants you to do single things. You say, man, I don't need to be in that situation. And then they kind of run down your spouse and man, you know, don't worry about her. Don't worry about him or whatever. And so you got negative influences. Maybe there's somebody in your life that loves to gossip. They love to run people down, be negative. They love to cause division. You know, they're a drama queen. They love to stir it up. And you go, you know what? I invite them into my life. I, I don't have to be in that relationship. I can walk away. But what you say, well, you know, well, they're my best friend. I've known them forever. That's okay. I mean, Jesus made it clear. Hey, you know what? If you have to leave your family, leave your family. If you have to leave your friends, leave your friends. If you have to leave, if you're going to follow me, you got to be willing to say no to them and say bye to them. And so too often what we do is we justify it and we say, well, who else am I going to hang out with or whatever? But we got to say, you know, God, help me to be careful about who I surround myself with. Am I surrounding myself with people that are life-giving in their words? Am I surrounding myself with people that, men that are not focused on materialism? God, am I focused, am I around people that are focused on the kingdom of God? People that are focused on things that matter. 
And so we've got to be careful about who we invite into our lives. And, and what we often do is we will do that through ways that we just say, well, that's what everybody else does. And here's a, here's a pretty good list of them. We do it through TV. You know, we, we, we watch shows. There was a time whenever the shows were censored. And, you know, you, you, I mean, it was a big deal, you know, with, with Scarlett O'Hara and Clark Gable years ago with him saying one cuss word. Now they're in commercials and promotions of other things. And our kids are getting it 24-7. There was a time whenever TV would start at a certain time and it would cut off at a certain time. Now it's all the time. And if it's not your TV, it's in your phone or it's uh, your, your iPad or whatever. And so here's the thing. We invite those things into our home, right? Now we can complain about them and stuff. And, you know, but like TV, I mean, there's, there's shows out there that are corrupt. But yet we pay a pretty, you know, pretty high price probably every month for that to be piped into our, our home. And then we complain with, hey, man, I, you know, anybody else having trouble with Internet or anybody else having trouble with whatever? You know, I'm not getting it like I normally would. So we invite that into our home, right? We pay for it. Now, we could invest in things in the kingdom, but we would rather pay that amount towards that. Movies. There are movies that, you know, you know and I know you don't, probably don't need to be watching that. You know, it's got language in it that we don't need to hear. It's got scenes in it. Hey, that's not my wife. That's not my husband. You know, and, and there's things in there that I don't need to see, but yet I invite it into my life. And we wonder why my thoughts go where they go. And we wonder why, you know, there's things that are planted in my mind. It's because we have invited it in. You know, books is another thing. You know, there's, there's books out there. And you might say, well, I love, I'm a reader. I love to read. That's, that's fine. Just be careful what you read. Spend as much time reading God's Word as you do these other books. You know, let the Word of God change and transform your mind. Yeah, I remember a, a guy years ago, because whenever I got saved, I, I asked a guy who was speaking at our church who was a counselor. I said, hey, listen, how do you renew your mind like it talked about in Romans 12, 1 and 2? And he said, Mike, he said, you remember growing up, you know, you're having a glass of milk? And I was like, yeah. He said, your mom tell you to wash it out or rinse it out? I was like, yeah. He said, well, here's the thing. He said, whenever you would stick that glass under that, that faucet and you turn that water on, he said, it begins to go in there. At first, it kind of gets a little cloudy. He said, but if that pure water is going into that faucet or going into that glass... It'll push those impurities of that milk out. He said, and God's word will do the same thing to your mind. I was like, man, he made that simple enough. I could figure that one out because I left a lot of glasses out, you know, with milk in them. You know what I'm saying? And so it made sense to me. And so I began to go, you know what, God, I want to take in your word. I want to hear it. I want to hide it in my heart. Like David, King David, he says, you know, hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. And so we need to, we need to purify our minds with God's word. So be careful about how much you read if you're reading those things way more than you're reading God's word. And then another one is music. You know, and, and, I, and I don't, it doesn't matter what kind of music. I mean, I like all kinds of music. You know, some people are like, well, I hate country and I hate this and I hate that. All of them have their contamination. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some stuff out there that you have to be careful about. Like to me with country music, it seems like every song is about beer or whiskey or a bar or whatever. You know, and you're just like, you know what? There's, there's other things, but it's like they worship that. You go to rock and roll, it's the same way. And let me just tell you this, moms and dads, who some of you probably go, well, you know, the best music was in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s, and I love some of the music back there. But if you go back and listen to it now, you're like, whoa, I don't remember it saying that. It did. You know what I'm saying? It said the same thing back then. And we have to be careful what we inundate our minds with, invite into our minds. And I can remember saying to my mom and dad, hey, I don't really listen to the lyrics. I just like the beat, and I like the sound. There was truth to both of those, but I was still hearing... The lyrics and what it said and what it was promoting and even what it was celebrating and to be honest with you, what it was worshiping. So we have to be careful with the music that we listen to. Social media. You know, we, we know that, you know, there's so much negativity out there in social media, but man, some of us get up first thing, go to Facebook or to Twitter or whatever, or Instagram, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is and you live for it. 
we were joking about how so many people in this age, and it's not just kids, but you'll see them out at a place and they're all sitting there looking at their phone. They're not engaging in conversation. They're not, you know, talking to each other. They're on their phone. And they got to take a picture so they can show everybody where they're at type deal. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so we have to be careful of that. And, and there's others, other, other things we have to be careful about, like the news. I mean, even the news. There's so many things that we watch that are just opinions and negativity. What if we were to focus our, our, our minds on something better? And there's an old saying. This is, a, this is a, a student ministry saying right here, garbage in, garbage out. When I was a youth pastor, this got used all the time. Still true. If we bring this garbage into our minds, it's going to show up in our life. If you're constantly inundating yourself with garbage, it's going to show up in your choices, in your words, and how you talk, all those things. And so here's the thing we need to understand. We have a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. God is not going to change my thinking. He's going to give me the choice to choose to change my thinking. He's going to give me His Word that will change my thinking. He's going to give me the tools to change my thinking. But here's the thing. I've got to choose that. And you do too. Satan can't change my mind. But he can throw things in front of me that may cause me to choose what he puts in front of me. God is going to give me the opportunity to choose. Like, I can choose to either honor God or dishonor God. I can choose to honor my wife or I can choose to dishonor my wife. So it's a choice that I make. And I would just say to you, God, I want to choose to think on the things of God. I want to choose to think on the things that honor you. God, I want to choose to think on the things that will bring honor to those around me. But you have a choice. So you can't sit there and say, well, I don't have a choice. You do have a choice. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, to, to demolish strongholds. That, that statement right there, divine power. For the believer, for the person in this room, people watching online, that if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, there is holy power, uh, Holy Spirit power working in you. And there is the power of Jesus Christ that can, that can change everything. It can change the way you think about yourself. It can change anything and everything about you. But the power of God at work in you is what we all need. And again, look at it. It says, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And if there's a stronghold of negativity, a stronghold of negative thinking, of worry, of anxiety, you know, all those things, then the power of God can tear that stronghold down in your life. You don't have to say, I've always been this way. You can say, Jesus can change me today. Jesus can heal me of this. Jesus can change these things. And let me just say this. Anxiety and all these things. There are medicines that God has given us to help us in those areas. Good medicines are good things. Use those. But the thinking is what we have control over. We have to change how we think sometimes. For lo, lo, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the, the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Remember we talked about last week, obedience. Jesus was obedient to the Father. God loves obedience. He desires obedience. And, and so here it says we, we take every thought captive. So that's our responsibility. And we take every thought captive and say, God, I want to give this back to you, God. If this is getting in the way of, of, of what you want to do, God, I want to, I want to get it out of my life. God, help me to just literally focus on you. And so we have to take every thought captive. Here's, here's another, another way that we change the way we think. Allow the Holy Spirit to renew your thoughts and your attitudes. You know, the way that I think has a lot to do with my attitude. And so the Holy Spirit is the only one that can really change my thoughts and attitudes. I can allow the Holy Spirit to work on me. So look at this passage here. It says, since you have, been, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. In other words, you've heard the gospel. You've heard the good news. You've responded by faith. 
He says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. In other words, get rid of that. It's a choice you make, right? Goes back to what we just said. It's a choice. You choose to throw that off, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. In other words, you become a righteous person, walking in righteousness. You're holy. You're set apart. You're different from the world. You're not saying, hey, I'm just, I'm just a good old guy living in this world. You're saying, man, I'm different from the world. I have been bought with a price. I have been redeemed. I'm a child of God. I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know what? And I'm different. I'm not crazy, but man, I am, I am different. I'm set apart. Look at this next statement. Renewal is powered by the Holy Spirit. If you really want to change, you can go out and try to do a self-help book and you can try to do positive thinking. I'm just telling you, that's not going to change you the way the Holy Spirit can change you. The only way we can really experience true change is through the power of God at work in us. And so look at this passage here. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. This is a good litmus test for us. So maybe as you read this passage, say, God, show me where I stand in this right here. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh, uh, on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So ask yourself right now, is my mind mainly focused on the things of this world? And the things of the flesh, or is my mind focused on the things of God and the kingdom of God? Is it, is it focused on the thing that the Spirit desires? Good litmus test. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I would choose life and peace over death, wouldn't you? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty easy choice. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. In other words... For the person who is, who is led by the flesh, when God wants to lead you to do something, you're hostile to him. Like, God, I'm not doing it. God, I'm not giving. God, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to say anything. And all of a sudden, we're hostile towards God. And we can't do the things of God because we're literally being led by the flesh rather than by the Spirit of God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. The way that we please God is by what? By faith. Faith in what Christ has done. Allowing the presence and the the power of God to work in us and through us. That's how we please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If really Christ lives in you, man, if you have been saved, you've been born again, you shouldn't be living like the flesh. You should be living according to the Spirit. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. That needs to be clear. Because there are oftentimes people go, well, you know, I go to church. That's not what it's about. You know, I, I've gone to church my whole life. So what? The thing is, is have you received Christ? There should be a spiritual birthday in your life. For me, there was a physical birthday. March 5th, 1966 is my birthday. You know, what time? I don't know. I'd have to go look it up on a piece of paper. But I'm just telling you, that's my physical birth. My spiritual birthday took place when I was 19 years old on my knees at an altar in Chickasaw, Alabama. And so for me, that was the moment that I was spiritually born again. You know, I had heard the gospel. I, I, you know, I'd been in church all that time. But that's when I got saved. That's when I had a spiritual birthday. And so there has to be that born again moment. There has to be a moment where you receive Christ. There has to be a, that moment that all of heaven celebrates. And so if and there's so many people that sit in church that go, man, I've been going to church my whole life. Doesn't matter. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? That's what sets you apart. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And we need to get our mind around that. You know, we've been changed. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The power of the Holy Spirit working in there. And so here's something we need to do. We need to focus our thoughts on the right things, the best things. We need to focus our thoughts on the fact that, you know what, God has, he has filled me with His Spirit. God has empowered me to be able to overcome some of the things that are coming against me. I've got to look into His promises. I've got to focus on His truth. And instead of focusing all, all the chaos and all the negativity and all the politics and division and all the stuff out there, God, help me to focus on Your Word. And so look at what it says here in Philippians. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That is the best. Focus on the best stuff. And say, God, help me to not focus on this garbage that's out there. But God, help me to focus on the promises that you have given us, God, on your word, your truth. God, help me to focus on what you're doing and help me to see where you're at work. And so here's, here's the most important statement of the day. The power of Jesus Christ changes everything. And without Him, there's no hope. He is the hope of the world. There's, there's no other way for you to become all that God desires for you to be without the power of Christ at work in you. And man, it, it takes us surrendering to Him daily, moment by moment. You might say, well, Mike, I'm saved, but let me tell you, let me ask you this. Are you living a life that is led by the Spirit? Is your thinking a way that, in a way that it honors God? Do you think on the things of God? Do you think about the kingdom of God? Do you think about someone's soul whenever you walk into a restaurant? Do you wonder how many people there might know Christ? Or do you wonder how many people sitting around you may be going to bust hell wide open? And so maybe we ought to say, God, you know, I'm a believer, but God, I want to, I want to think about the kingdom. I want to be focused on the kingdom. I want to, I want to be involved in the kingdom of God. God, I want to be about what you are about. Not just living and dying and collecting toys. But God, I want to be about what you're about. And so maybe some next steps for you today would be this, to surrender my life to the life-changing power of Jesus. You know, maybe you're one of those that, you know what, I've never had a spiritual birthday, but today ought to be the day. I've never been born again, Mike. I've been in church. I feel like I'm a good person. But man, I'm telling you, if you've never been saved, you're powerless. If you've never accepted Christ, you're powerless. If you've never been redeemed, you've never received the power of the, of the Holy Spirit into your life, you're powerless to change. You're powerless to do all that God wants you to do. So maybe today, say, God, I want you to change the way I think. God, all this time I've been thinking that I was okay. And today I realize I am undone. I am broken. God desires a broken and contrite spirit. Brokenness before Him. Realizing we can't do it in our own strength. So maybe to surrender. Here's another one. To eliminate any negative influences that are unnecessary. Maybe today you say, you know what? There may be some friendships I need to say goodbye to. There may be some things in my house I need to quit paying for. There may be some things that I need to just avoid. Because God, I want to focus on you and I want to focus on your truth. Maybe you just need to eliminate some of these unnecessary negative influences. And here's the last one. To focus on God's promises and truth. See, if we, if we focus on God's promises... We let our mind get around that. Maybe it'll fill our mouth. Maybe we'll speak life over people. Maybe if we spend time focusing on God's Word, man, it'll, it'll change the way we see people. Maybe if we spend time in God's Word, we focus on those things, God's truth, we'll begin to understand that there is hope. You know, and, and all this chaos and all this negativity that we keep hearing about, you know what, that's just Satan doing his job. But God is at work bringing unity and healing and freedom to people. That's what I want to be focused on. Let me ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're watching online and you realize for the first time, you know what, man, I, I don't have a spiritual birthday. 
I've never been saved, never been born again. Man, we would love for today to be that day for you. Maybe you're here in the room and that's you. You've never, you've never had that spiritual birth take place. What's keeping you from making that decision today? What's keeping you from giving your heart to Christ? Maybe it's negative thinking. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. But I'm just telling you, you can trust Him. He is faithful and true. He'll heal you. Man, He'll accept you into His family. He'll give you a new name, a new heart. He'll give you a purpose and a plan for your life. And He loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants to be involved in every decision. He wants to be involved in your thoughts, your actions, how you live. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. You've never accepted Christ. Let me walk you through a simple prayer. This, this, this prayer begins in our mind, but it really is impacted by our heart. By putting all that, we, all that we have, all our faith that we have into who Jesus is. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. See, believe, that's a thought. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you can save me. Let's move to action by faith that we trust Him. So Jesus, I believe that you can save me. I believe that you love me. I believe that you can forgive me. So Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to come into my heart, to be my leader, to be my Lord, and to change me. Maybe you're here in this room and you prayed that prayer. If you don't mind, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed to receive Christ. Thank you for leading me through that. Anybody in the room? Just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed to receive Christ. I see your hand right here. Anybody else? That's awesome. Welcome to the family of God, brother. Welcome to the family of God. That's awesome. Maybe you're online. If you just prayed that prayer, man, let us know. We want to know. So here's the thing. This, this young man right here that just raised his hand, God's going to begin to change the way he thinks if he'll spend time in God's Word and he'll allow God to do that. There's a lot of Christians in this room, a lot of Christians probably walking on, watching online. Is your thinking, is it, is it in such a way that God is honored by it? Or does your thinking need to be changed? Does it need to be transformed? Then let's start today with following some of these steps and allowing God to change the way we think. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I thank you for so many things. I'm, I'm thankful today. Thankful for this salvation for this, this young man out in front of me, God. Thankful that all of heaven is rejoicing. God, thank you for the, your word and, and how it teaches us to, Lord Father, to think differently, to live differently, to see differently, to act differently. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for the songs. God, I thank you for Laurie, my wife. I thank you for her being, Lord Father, uh, pr- just protected yesterday. I thank you for the young man, God, that they're, they're both walked, walked away and were able to go home to their families. God, I thank you for your, your love for us. God, that you care about the details of our life, even how we think. God, use us for your kingdom this week. Help us to be focused on your kingdom. And God, show us, show us someone today that we can serve, that we can care for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, what an incredible message today. The, the quickest way for us to change our actions is to change the way we think. And the quickest way to change the way we think is to change the things we think on. So I hope that you've been challenged and encouraged by the message today and that it's made a difference in your life. If you've come to a point of a decision where that's online or here in the room, we want to celebrate with you. We want to know about it. So if you could just text the phrase, my decision to the number 94,000 and we'll have a staff member follow up with you today. Or